This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ah, 2020. Oh, man, I cannot. We had we had so much fun watching races this year. Yep. But I can't wait for this to be over either. Yeah. But we had so much fun watching races. <laughs> but I can't wait for this to be over. And we didn't get to go to too many races. Whoa, now, now you tipped the scales. Yeah. Now you tipped the scales. I mean, to, for me, that's one reason I'm excited to see 2020 yeah. race season. I got over. to some, but not nearly as much as I would like. To. Well, and we didn't get to have any live shows. You're right about that. Oh, my gosh. Think, feel... about, think about uh, the Jackson Nationals. Oh, the Knoxville my gosh. National, the Knoxville Port Nationals. Royal, all the places we've got. Eldora, Nashville, all, all the, the fun the places, races. All of the faces that we didn't get to see yeah. this year. Charlotte, right here. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it is. It is the end of the season. This is our last broadcast of the year. Uh, We're glad you joined us. It is Wing Nation, presented by Dry Dean, by DRF Racing Oils, and by Hercules Tires. Uh, I don't even know how long we've been doing this, but for a long, long time, uh, we have had Brian Carter, the CEO of the World Racing, come in on our final show, final podcast. And just kind of give us a state of the sport address. And so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, he's not going to come in because we're responsible show, social distancers here. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do that via a Zoom call. I don't know. You might be five and a half. I know. Feet. We've got to check. We're going to have to make sure. We are all decked out in our blue colors here today. That is for sure. Before we get to all of that, I want to remind you or tell us about our friends at Plan B Sales. Founded in 2010. They started as a Lionel and Chase Authentics apparel distributor. Now, Auto World, Greenlight Collectibles, Brand Art, Sam Bass Artwork, and University of Racing Lines. They have a huge inventory. They have partnerships with Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Christopher Bell, and many others. Use promo code MRN for free shipping on orders over $20. Yeah, Plan B sales. If you've got a sprint car driver or a NASCAR driver on your holiday mm-hmm. shopping list, oh, you can knock it right out now. <laughs> They'll get it shipped right out to you. That is great, great stuff for sure. Uh, speaking of great stuff, it was last call for the world of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. It was Brad Sweet and Logan Schuhart. It was the dirt track at Charlotte. Here's our friend Johnny Gibson with a call on Dirt Vision. And now for the Dry Dean Deaf-Defying Move of the Week, where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. Race 
for the lead, John Gibson. Logan Schuhart to the inside of Brown Sweet. Wheel the wheel on a turn for him. They'll stay side by side. Sweet has it at the line, but here's Schuhart. Slide job in the one and two. New leader, Logan Schuhart, as they exit the second corner. That death-defying move was brought to you by Dry Dean Diesel All Death, the official death of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit drydean.com for more information. Team Dryden. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation, presented by Dry Dean, by DRF Racing Oils, and by Hercules Tires. Let's go to the Sage Fruit Zoom line. Uh, we normally do this in person, but 2020 has caused us all kinds of 2020 challenges. Uh, the CEO of the World Racing Group, Brian Carter, joins us. Hello, Brian. Welcome back to Wing Nation. Hey, Steve. Uh, it's good to talk to you guys after rolling up the season in 2020 and putting it behind us. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. Uh, relieved, happy, satisfied, content, sad. You know, all of the things the last day of school or the last day of the season brings, I think we're all in the same boat. Brian, I want to start really big picture, and I'm just going to start a statement and let you finish it. The state of sprint car racing, four tenths particularly in North America right now, is? Spectacular. The racing has been spectacular. The fields are spectacular. The, the energy and excitement at the races we were able to complete, spectacular. It's a, it is a great time to be a sprint car fan right now. So the races we were able to complete and the places we were able to race, uh, the fans got to see an extraordinary level of uh, skill and talent uh, that I think are unmatched in the recent history of sprint car racing candidly absolutely Brian when you look at 2020 uh, or look back at it now this season what is the biggest uh, emotion you feel is it is it relief that you made it through this COVID year is it um, pride because you were able to put on so many successful races what are your what's your biggest emotion now that there's the final race behind us you know it's been a really emotional roller coaster all year you you know with the uncertainty and the loathing that creates and then uh, you know the the there's a significant amount of of joy that we all derive from the racetrack so you you got to experience the the happiness of being back at the racetrack and then the surreal nature of not having the fans which we all generate so much electricity from uh but for me it's you know it gives me great pride in the organization and the racing community as a whole that we were able to figure out because racing and the lifestyle is so important to us all, how we could work within the rules and push the limits of what we thought we could do and what we thought was we were capable of and continue the lifestyle that's so important to us all. It's much more than just a sport 
to all of us. It's a, it is a way we live. And, and when it's that much on the line, there's always a way to figure out how to do it. Cool. That, yeah. so the, the, the emotion I feel right now uh, is a significant amount of, of, of just happiness that it's over. And the fact that I can have hope about what 21 is going to bring to us, given the, the, the success that we had despite the pandemic. And that's what that the hope is pretty powerful, more powerful than fear in most places. So uh, totally, totally agree. That's a, that's a, that's a life thing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hope, not a fear guy. And, and, and I like that, Brian, when 2020, when we look back at it, I think every one of us here with wing nation, with motor racing network, with NASCAR, we come out of the season with some new elements, some new items, some new ideas that maybe we would not have tried. Maybe we were forced to try, are there some things now that you that you saw that you learned that is like, well, let's let's roll that into 2021? Absolutely. You know, through the, you know, the disruption creates opportunity. It always has. And so the disruption created the opportunity for, for us to try some things, to try to try a different format, to try some things on how we register cars, try the way we present to the fans, uh, just to try some things on the calendar, not be so set in the ways. And we learned a lot about what we could do as an organization, what the sport can do as a whole, what the fans are capable of doing. And we took a lot away from that. And, and, and right now, while I'm in here talking to you guys, my entire team, every series director for every series is sitting down in a room, crafting the run of show, crafting the, what are we going to take from what we learned this year and how are we going to apply it to every show next year? So uh, every chance we get, we're trying to do that. And uh, with the disruption, we learned a lot of things. We, we, didn't know where we were racing four weeks, three weeks from the time we raced, we announced the show, promoted it, uh, sold tickets to it, uh, organized it and ran it in a successful way. And we did that a lot of the early part of the summer. And, and that in my mind is a radically different than anything, you know, we would have ever thought or contemplated. So we've got, we've got staging points for our season next year as to where we're going to decide, you know, we're booking the shows for 21 normal course, We've got our shows set through those, uh, starting with Volusia, running across the South. We're not taking a weekend off. Uh, we're going to run out to Texas. We've got a decision point. When are we going to California? If we're not going to California, where are we going? Uh, so we've got all of these decision points in the, in the places. It's not near as set in stone, but we're going to set a calendar very much like a normal year and then know that we can navigate through, uh, hopefully, whatever comes our way. I know we'll navigate through it. Hopefully, it doesn't disrupt the season like we had. But to sit down at the end of the season, look at 54 races completed out of 93, paying full point funds, still having all the teams with us traveling that started traveling with us, uh, and then being able to have 25, 20, 25 tracks on the waiting list to get a show for next year, that's pretty exciting. For sure. Brian, when we look at online streaming and, and Dirt Vision, obviously, specifically for you, you know, it was kind of controversial when it first was rolled out in the sprint car of the dirt world. It, you know, people were worried about how it was going to affect people buying tickets, yada, yada, yada. But I think looking at 2020, would you have been able to survive without something like Dirt Vision? No, the, what, what we, we needed to figure out a way, and we've been at it, and I looked at my to-do list from 2006 and seven, actually, little in my, as I was preparing for the meetings to talk about what 21 was, the idea of bringing the audience to, uh, to the fan base that could not be at the racetrack. If we're racing in Pennsylvania, there are fans that want to be engaged in Arizona and California that cannot come to the race in Pennsylvania. How do you engage them? How do you get them as part of the active part of the show through social, through video streaming, and you're, you're absolutely correct. 
our ability to at the same time be flexible with the event to be flexible with the world racing group and then be flexible with our own network a broadcast network allowed us candidly it allowed us to go back to racing as fast as we were able to and when you look at may the 8th in knoxville iowa with 380 people we had less than 400 people on the property we ran a full world of outlaws show safety uh all of the teams all their staff fire track the track prep our officials we had a secondary group of officials that were off-site ready in case something happened that we needed to bring somebody in um that was only capable because we were able to engage those fans around the world and bring them the racing and, and create the, uh, a financial model that was, that created the opportunity to do that without spending a significant amount of money. And, and without the investment that was in dirt vision, even before we bought it in 2004 to what it has become, it's an incredible awareness campaign. Now we can be engaged. We can see everything. If you couldn't see it at night. You can watch it the next night. You can watch it in the vault. It creates engagement from the fan and really gave us all something to be excited about all summer. Even if we weren't racing through iRacing, think about this. We were able to go into a video game and reach in and pull a broadcast to dirt vision and then to the capabilities of doing it on live national TV through CBS and Fox. And, and to think about being able to reach into a video game. Now it's normal course. We did it last night. I mean, it's just normal course to bring in the video games and, and televise them into the broadcast. So it's an exciting time from a technology perspective, from a streaming perspective, the, the engagement that it creates. You know, there are going to be some people that can't come to the racetrack, but we want them so engaged that but when they can, they're there because the experience is visceral and real and in your face. And there's no, there's no comparison to something on your computer screen versus what's happening at the racetrack. And, and we just want people to be excited about it. And we've found in the, the documents, even this, I, I, got, I ran into a guy, who's been a subscriber of Dirt Vision for a long time here at Charlotte. He'd been to 31 World of Outlaw shows this year. Drove from Minnesota to Charlotte. 31 World of Outlaw sprint car shows because he is, he just, he said he's going to live, make decisions and go racing. And, and that type of engagement, he said, I did, but I didn't get to see the other 24 except for on Dirt Vision. I couldn't tell you how happy I was. I didn't miss one. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff we're trying to create. And Dirt Vision has allowed us to kind of navigate this with some financials that didn't rely on the racetrack. And, and that's good for the series. And the investment back is going to be, and the fans are going to see this, the investment in 21 going forward is going to be at the racetrack. The fan experience at the racetrack is primary number one. You've kind of seen a little bit of a, we've been doing it for a long time at the racetrack with the fan engagement and fan interaction, but the addition of three pretty significant assets, the Jumbotrons, we purchased a fleet of Jumbotrons that are going to be at all of our races next year so that the fans can see what's happening in the pit area what the world is seeing from the drone view, the over kind of a more holistic view of what's happening at the racetrack uh, because there's so much more to the storyline than what's on the racetrack and the fans, although experiencing it, you know, firsthand at the track, but they can't see what's happening in the work area. They can't see what's happening in the pit area. They don't see that perspective shot to give them an idea of what's the magnitude of what's happening. And that's going to be added to the racetrack next year. So all of our investments going forward will be uh, taking you know, enhance the fan experience and to, to bring that to the racetrack. I think you actually, my, my question, and I was going to, I was going to qualify it by, by the, by being the devil's advocate of dirt vision. I'm, I'm one of the, I was one of the tough cells on pay-per-view. I mean, I was one of those guys that uh, I was kind of that old school promoter friend that was like, Oh, we can't do that. We're going to, we're going to do it. And obviously the numbers have proven otherwise. So, but basically my, my, my devil's advocate question is, um, 
all of these things to draw the fans out because we've made it so easy to sit at home watching it. And, and is that why the investment in the at track is to continue to make that worthwhile to, to, to get off the couch and get off dirt vision to come out to the racetrack? Absolutely. So, you know, we have a pretty well-documented case study where the fan experience got to be too good away from the track and kind of in, in enhanced the, when you enhance it that much away from the track, why are they coming to the racetrack and spending 10 times the ticket sales? It's, it's, it's easy to, we've done plenty of economic studies. The ticket is less than 10% of what somebody spends when they come to the racetrack, especially if they're traveling on a weekend deal. So you've got the lodging and the food and the, and the transportation and all the other pieces that cost you money to go to a racetrack. It, so we are, we are not going to lose sight of the fan experience at the racetrack. It is critical to the success. So, and, and something that candidly isn't a change of direction for us. We've been doing it from the very beginning. The pit area is open. You know, that really was one of the most heartbreaking pieces for us is that as we started to have problems in Knoxville, you know, we needed to start protecting some of our competitors and some of the, so we needed to kind of, we tightened down a little bit, just so that we could see through the end of the season. So it was heartbreaking to tell a fan they can't go to the pit area after the end of the race. Uh, but I think they all understood why we we're doing it. And I, I expect to go right back to uh, the full interaction and engagement. But that's part of the racing that you can't get watching a TV screen. You can't smell the methanol. You can't feel the dirt. And you really can't, you know, feel a part of the community when you're not there. So, you know, it's the do- numbers, again, have been documented the Dirt Vision fans in the early days would go to two or three shows. This past year, they went to over five shows on average, including but five shows this year versus three the previous year. And they're all they're all this because they're more engaged. They don't they can't wait till tomorrow to find out when this, what's happening. They want to know now. They want to know now what's happening. Twitter's not fast enough. You know, race monitors as fast as you can get. But now, if we can show them the video, our fans are interacting with us on a daily basis. And they're looking where are we going next. And oh my God, I can make that run. Oh my gosh, you know me, you know, we've heard for years how good the racing is at Hobstadt or Red River Valley or you know at Peebley. Now they get to see it and go, holy crap, people have been telling us the truth. We need to go. And they're doing that. They're going to see the, the guys hanging out on Bitter Hill in Pennsylvania. They're going to see the races that they've heard about. Now they're getting to watch them and they're seeing the whole perspective. Now that people are traveling. And, and, you know, it's not, it's pretty easy to see what's happening in our country right now. People are staying close to home. They're buying campers and they're doing that thing and they're going to the races and that's a good thing for us. So it's my responsibility to make sure that shows as good as it can be when we get there. Very true. I want to switch topics a little bit to the teams, Brian, you mentioned earlier that all the time teams competed, you have put on some spectacular racing, but I know you communicate with them. You know, uh, I think I understand the, the COVID, the, those guys racing for a living uh, saw a significant decrease in the funds associated with racing. That's hard. Uh, you know, there's sometimes, there are some of our parts of our tour that, that are expensive and they kind of break even, but we took some pretty, pretty big days, pretty big payoffs and uh, took those out of the, the financial, the, the pie got smaller, the pie got smaller. And that hurts everybody. And, you know, there's some people that rely heavily on that that hurt harder than some of the others. So this, the sponsors, you know, we had some sponsors that had to pull back a little because their businesses were significantly impacted. So you have to take all that in consideration. And by, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough balance to get all those things to work. And particularly the teams that relied on the winnings and the tow money up and down the road, you just took them and cut 40% out. That 40%, it wasn't 40% extra when we started. So it surely cut into something. And that's hard, but everybody who started the year finished 
And um, that's a testament to the commitment by the teams and the owners and candidly the tracks and everything just to kind of see our way through this year. It was tough. It was a tough year. Um, you know, when you take, when you take away 40% of anything, it's going to, it's going to be hard and it was harder on some teams than others. Um, but every single one of them are excited about coming back and, and, and that's going to be uh, exciting to see for 21. Brian, the World of Outlaw tour schedule, and you guys announced it last fall, and it's and it's been fairly. I understand there's always racetracks and always wanted to be added, but with 2020, you were able to go to places that that maybe never, maybe it was seen so far. Wayne County is the one that comes to mind. That just seemed like historically a reach to get there. Uh, Lord knows, a few years ago, we used to beat you up every year about Port Royal. You remember remember those conversations every year. What did that mean getting to places that you couldn't get to and, and, and maybe going forward, do they, do, do they find a spot at a place like that? Yeah, that's the, that's the, you know, we were able to, because of the calendar and the challenges, actually the middle sizes and smaller facilities were much more conducive to trying to get something done and create the excitement of the, of the event. You want to, you know, you don't want to sit in a, just like Charlotte was a perfect example. There's 12,000 seats and you sell a thousand seats looks like it's empty. It's not exciting. You don't want to be there. You're wondering why you're there. If there's seats, you know, 25 seats around you are empty. So places like Wayne County reinforce the fact that the fans are a resilient bunch and, uh, and we need the electricity of a full grandstand. That's, that's what the promoters buy when they buy our show. You know, there's good sprint car racing all around the country, but when you bring the world of outlaw shows in, you're going to do it in front of a full house. And, and that's that level of energy and excitement is an important part of creating that event, that destination and all the other pieces. And to bring those to places that hadn't seen a show in a while and had never seen a show or hadn't seen a show in 30 years, that's pretty exciting. It was, again, one of those opportunities inside of the disruption to be able to do that. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that if we go back to normal, we only have so many weekends or only so many Friday and Saturday nights. So there's a little bit of that hard conversation that, yes, we were there. We had a great event. You're not going to be on the calendar in 21, but you may be on the calendar in 22. So you're going to have to create some of this. I think you're going to see a little more of the cycling of, of events coming in. So we have, a, we have some nice things, new racetracks in 21 that we haven't been to that we were able to create in the calendar. But there's going to be some that we were able to race at this year that aren't going to get a date next year. And it's not because we – it's just because you run out of time and you, and you start traveling your traveling calendar. But that doesn't mean that, you know – that we didn't have a great show there and we didn't appreciate it. And we want to be back. It's just, it's hard to, you know, we're going to have 91 nights again on their calendar. The calendar as I have it right now on my desk is 91 nights for, for 2021. And that's exciting, but there's only 91 nights, only night, only 91 nights. And you can't get to everybody. This is again, the 20, 20 racetracks on the, on the, you know, but when we start running in Volusia, we're not taking a weekend off until October. Halloween's the first week. Cool. We're going to run. We have one weekend in March. I kind of call it a weekend off because we're running on Thursday. We're running on Sunday. So I'll give them those two days off in March. But beyond that, there's no time off until October. We're going to run straight from Volusia, go to the Atlanta area. We're going to come down through Mississippi and and Louisiana and go to Texas and then head out to Arizona and hopefully in Nevada somewhere. So uh, it's it's going to be, we're not going to take a, you know what? We've had plenty of time off this year (laughs) and we won't run in. Well, when you talk about 2021, you, it sounds like the schedule is great. The teams are good. Sponsor the series sponsorship impact for 21. You know, we have uh, 
incredible group of sponsors. I couldn't ask for a better, uh, more engaged sponsor of NOS and Lauren and all the work that, that her team does and the uh, fan interaction and the, and the sampling and all the rest. So, you know, we've been able to navigate and with, through the additional broadcast TV, we were able to put together in the spring with the, with the uh, addition of the iRacing and then the, a really a vibrant calendar once we went back to, to go and racing. Uh, I don't see a sponsorship hitch at all. If anything, there's a lot more desire to understand better our broadcast network, what we can do at site, the interaction, the fan social, everything is, is up twofold, if you can believe it, over last year. The social interactions, the, the impressions, we're talking about billions. It's hard to imagine, but the World of Outlaws branding, 2.4 billion impressions uh, across the scheme. And from that perspective, yes, we're, we've got some extensions on the contracts that people are chomping at the bit to get done on, on the sponsor side that I, I'm pretty excited about the future on the, on the marketing engagement. It's going to change. I mean, the, we have to redefine what you call a sponsorship. It's not happening just at the racetrack anymore. So all these fans are engaged, the social and the social community and uh, the at track community is a part of it. The broadcast, you know, the 16 more shows on CBS coming this fall, the, all of the pieces around Dirt Vision, the constant year-round daily interaction is something people want to be a part of and just figure out how to integrate them the right way so everybody is successful. Brian, Aaron asked about Dirt Vision, which was one of my hot-button 2020 topics. Uh, one of the other topics that really became instrumental in bringing the sport back was iRacing and the gaming aspect of that. How does that now work forward? I know you had a race this week, earlier on this week. How does that work forward now? And, and is, is that a stepped-up presence as we, as, as we work particularly through some downtimes here during the offseason? Yeah, we're going to – we've had that integrated for a little while. Uh, I think this is the second full year we've had it on Dervision, and it's, in, it's outside of the paywall so people can get engaged. You know, the iRacing piece, we've been a partner for a while. Uh, it's, it is uh, interesting how we can inter- integrate that in. I, nobody had ever – if you'd asked me, we talked about trying to do some pieces around uh, broadcasting that and, and reaching into the video game and streaming it. People have been doing that for a long time. Uh, uploading and publishing videos from the from inside of the video game but to actually do it and then to engage our drivers to do it so anything we do with iRacing in the off season will be much more of a social party than a competitive racing i want people to you know you should really hear jacob and logan back and forth on the on the on the simulator i mean this is we had them in our office we put them in the simulator while we're doing our virtual banquet and if you what you need to hear these guys sort of interact now we might run it on a minute delay for sensors and stuff but, but that's what i want the people to feel i want the people to know who these guys are these guys are are fun and they're they're funny they're they're witty and humor and they'll tell you what it is and if they're racing on a video game somebody just wrecked them and didn't cost them nothing that word's coming back the next time around it's it's it's, you know, that's what I want iRacing to be is, is just a facilitator of us to, to show the community and show our fans who we are and what we can do. And that's what I want for iRacing in the off season. At the same time, there's some pretty serious competition happening on, uh, on Monday nights uh, and they're running for real money. And there's some guys that uh, made a name for themselves in the iRacing world that have stepped into the real world and people know their names now. And that, you know, when you look at some of the Logan Seavies or the Macri's of the world, these guys they, they, they had a chance to show themselves off on iRacing and they put together some, some race teams and, and have made a presence. And that sort of stuff's exciting because that's expanding the reach to a younger crowd. It's expanding. It's something that they can put in their hands, something that you can 
interface with the Dirt Vision apps and the other pieces. And, and to me, that's, again, another way to reach out and, and show the world and create a community that somebody wants to come and take a look. Brian, when we talk about your off-season, how different does it look this year? I know you said your, your schedule is somewhat set. You've got some bits and pieces that are a little bit moving. But no PRI show. Uh, things are just a little a bit different. What does your off-season look like? Well, we go racing with the Extreme Dirt Car Series in two weeks. <laughs> so for 2021, we're started. So two weeks from now, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're going racing. Or the Sunday before Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah. And we're doing the Rudiman race in Florida. So we're running Volusia. So we've got uh, eight races, and then we go racing January 13th with the World of Outlaw Lake Mall. So my off-season? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it does change. You know, you know, Charlotte... It was an emotional win to finish here. We talked a little bit off camera before everybody got to hear it. It was an emotional victory for us to finish off the season. I didn't know how the points races were going to sort out, but I wanted this races sorted on the on the racetrack here at Charlotte like it was initially planned. So it was important to do that. You know, it uh, we carry a lot of excitement and energy and momentum out of Charlotte. We carry it to PRI. We're not going to have that this year. The PRI gets everybody excited about what's happening in January and February. So I think we're going, you know, there's some more of our social beast that's in each of us that that's going to miss those things. But candidly, I, I see more racetracks with their schedules out early. I see more announcements for 21. The hope is sort of taken over a lot of that stuff. So I think that, yes, we're all going to miss that interaction at PRI. And most of our commerce happens before that. We're just celebrating that commerce when we get there at PRI. And, and, you know, for us, it's we're we're hammered down. We got the late model schedule out as soon as we've ever got it out. The sprint car schedule will be out here shortly, which will be typically we, we would use PRI as a catalyst to get that done. We're just going to create our own catalyst and get those things done and start racing. So that's 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 what I see. It's going to be a bit of an emo- we'll, we won't really feel it until after you know we, we don't have PRI to look for. Damn, when I get my good steak dinner, right. uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, everybody has their things that they they. It's just going to be a bit of a hole in the in our 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 season then we'll fill it in and we'll get on to the next one. Yeah. I can't imagine the poor schedule at St. Elmo's when they announced that that closed, I can't imagine what the calendar looked like as dinner after dinner, after dinner yeah. went away. That week. You want to have dinner at five and have dinner at nine. You do both. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I know. by the time you're done. So. Yeah. Now we end up with not at all. That's for sure. Um, I, I do want to uh, allow you to address uh, the frustrations at Charlotte with the with last call. And, and we had Logan on earlier this week on our podcast, and he could not have stated it any better. He talked about the hard work of the track crew. Sometimes things work, sometimes things don't work, and, and the dust situation. Brian, just as the, the, the operator of the series, could you kind of just, just, just state what your take is on, on the last call this past weekend? So uh, the last call wasn't anything close to what we consider to be presentable as a, as a series and a sanction. The, the sad part, you know, we've been partners with Charlotte Motor Speedway for uh, every bit of 15 years and, and the partnership existed before I got involved. So, uh, and I can tell you that the, the journey towards a better racing surface started 18 months ago, a year ago. And they identified what they believed to be a solution because we were on a, a path to needing to correct that surface in the last two or three years. So uh, they went through every single uh, step the right way. They're making the right decisions. They, they thought they had acquired the material to make it better. So spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, time and energy, all those pieces to trying to create a solution that was better than we had. 
So for that, I absolutely commend them. And we had a good races the week before, but we didn't have the arrow uh, package and it really didn't have a chance to really see this track set. So when, as the issue escalated, the late models don't have the arrow the sprint cars do. We started, started to show itself. We tried something different from Thursday to Friday, uh, from Wednesday to Thursday, got a little bit better, but you could tell it wasn't ever going to do what we needed it to do. Tried another radical change again on Friday. And it was probably of Friday and Saturday. Friday was the better day, but it was still, it was, it was only because we threw everything we had at it to try to make the track. And it was, you could tell on Friday that it was going to be that what that wasn't going to be the solution. So candidly, we, we made a decision with the track to try to leave the track hard and let's let it rubber up. Let's let it figure out if we can get the track so hard so that we can actually clean it up and blow it off. And it, it never really did it. So there was, you know, and, and, and in that situation, people go, but where's the water truck? Well, the water truck, all it does is it, it digs in deeper and you create more, you create more. And that's what people were like, you don't understand that cushion was wet. And at the end of the night, despite what the track was, you still stick a screwdriver four inches deep in it. There was moisture in it. It's just, so it was, it wasn't the way we wanted to present this last show. Uh, but what it does is that it, 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 it's evidence of the absolute superiority of the sprint car drivers, because you're going hundred miles an hour and you can't see 150 feet in front of you. And you're racing guys. These there was racing happening. Now we were in constant contact with our flagmen and our internal corner workers. And, and despite what you may have seen from 200 feet away in the cameras and some of the pieces, there's still visibility on the racetrack, but it's absolutely not the greatest show on dirt this past weekend. And, and I know that it was no, our, our, our partners and friends at Charlotte Motor Speedway wanted and had spent all year trying to do something completely uh, to the good. And, and it just, it just didn't happen. So what we have now is a significant amount of work to fix it. And we're going to have to get the bulldozers out and there'll be a full overhaul of the, of the we'll never do that again uh, in that situation. So, you know, we were able to get through it. Um, we were able to get the cautions in the right spot. Uh, for the teams and for everybody's safety, everybody, everybody made the right decision along the way and how hard they were going to race each other. They still race each other. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was it made exactly what we've done all season long. We did the best with the situation that we had. And, uh, and you, oh, sorry. We did you, you, Go ahead. God. <laughs> I just, I say, you know, the you Zoom said delay is this <laughs> You know, you mentioned it was a testament to your drivers. And one thing we really hadn't hit on is the competition level right now. Um, it's been spectacular. There's almost eight or ten drivers that could win any night, specifically probably four or five. But as long as I can remember, it's probably the most competitive the World of Outlaws has ever been. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is uh, right now by far that I can recall the deepest field of cars, mm -hmm. you know. And it's a young group of talent, uh, the guys that know how to – uh, engage with race fans and then put it on the racetrack. So uh, it was, uh, uh, it is a golden age kind of, uh, of sprint car racing. As you look at the young development with, with Logan and Jacob and David and Sheldon and Brad and Donnie. And, and then you add in, you got Carson and you add in uh, Reitzel. Now has got his ride in, um, you know, you've uh, it, it's extraordinary. And when you think about there's the top 10 in this field could win an even given night, any given night. And they're all the same speed. So it, 
all the same speed creates problems because now you it looks like you know the draw is so important but the fact is you put any of those cards up front and then it could win on any given night all 10 of them so there's going to be somebody's got to miss the boat somebody's gonna have to kind of make some aggressive moves but to be a sprint car fan now and then to have all of the accessibility that we're creating and have created through social and the engagement and the broadcasts and the at track piece it's a it's exciting. I, I don't know what other word to use. It's exciting. And you take them in, you bring them to the locals and the, and the, the, the fields at in Pennsylvania, the fields in Knoxville, they're increasing. Mm-hmm. Too. So it's not, it's, it's really the depth of the field is extraordinary and the skill level and candidly, they're all, they're all youngsters and this, yeah. is, this is young talent and they're exciting and they know how to engage, you know, they're engaging with fans and they're got personalities and they've got families and it's all of those pieces that people want to be associated with. And it's exciting times. So, and the competition level, I wouldn't be afraid to get on a racetrack. These guys are, these guys are going to kick your butt every night, every night. So um, final, final few minutes here that we have with you about five minutes left on this. Um, I do want to talk real quickly. I always ask you about my beloved dirt modifieds. You not only had Oktoberfest, which was their race week up there that you were able to do finally because New York just got clobbered by this, but you also got a chance to race again. So uh, Oktoberfest and Brian Carter, the driver, um, what's, what's the future for, for dirt modifieds and Brian Carter racing? I'm going to get to keep playing. I've got my car. I, 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 did, I went spent my therapy on my car. It was all winter last year. I built it, powder coat, all cleaned up, cleaned it up and powder coated. Got it all ready to go. Drove it up there and raced it for half a race and got, got uh, wrecked out. And then that's it. The season shuts down. So, you know, it was, uh, it was very you know, heartbreaking for me too, but I had plenty of stuff to do here. So, but to go back to, and to race in New York, you know, we had some serious decisions we had to make relative to Super Dirt Week and Oktoberfest. Um, you know, Super Dirt Week belongs in the state of New York. And uh, we started looking, and we may be able to make a few bucks if we moved it down. I started thinking about, at the time, the travel restrictions and the quarantine pieces. And you're really, you're going to cost the guys a lot of money, drive them down. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of money on car parts. And then they're very likely they'd have to quarantine for a couple of weeks when they go back. And it just got to the point where it wasn't going to make a lot of sense from a holistic perspective. Yes, World Racing Group might've made a little bit more money, but uh, it wasn't gonna be good for the whole. So we decided we would go back in through our tracks that had been consistent in trying to run this year and been longstanding dirt tracks and, and, and provide them some income, uh, put the teams, put together a great uh, package of prize money, keep them close to home where they didn't have to travel. They could really race out of their shops each time and really kind of, kind of worked into something. I think that we can be, uh, useful in the summer. Maybe we have a speed week, maybe we have something. So, uh, as a racer, I got to play, I got to race in the first, uh, in the first race and I got to race in the last race. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I didn't embarrass myself by racing cars. It didn't touch nobody. My car got, we, we put it back in the trailer and, uh, put it away. And it's already, I got pictures. It's, it's ready to go racing next year. So I'm excited about that. That's yeah. good. That's good. Brian, as we wrap up here with you, is there any, we got like three minutes left on this. Is there any uh, just final thoughts as you uh, put a bow around this one? And we can't wait for the schedule to come out. What's, what's your, what's your final words to the, to, to wing nation? Well, to wing nation, uh, to everybody out there, I, I want to thank uh, our teams, the commitment that our full-time platinum teams uh, showed to us and the resilience through this the ability to make a phone call and schedule a race and tell everybody that they got to leave their shop and we're going racing. 
yeah. my, my World Racing Group team did a phenomenal job. Carlton uh, was series director for a long, long time, and he is able to see through it. So in a time when we could have all been paralyzed, we all kind of pulled together and figured out a plan. And we couldn't do it without our great race fans. You know, uh, we had to, in a lot of places, we had to race and tell people they couldn't come in. And that's, that's just never, never thought we'd ever do that. So for them, I, I'm appreciative and very thankful that ones that got to see the show would understand that we had to wear masks, we had to sit apart from each other, and there were restrictions. But we had a hell of a time when we came to the racetrack. So without the without the teams and the fans and the engagement across the country, would not have been able to do what we did this year with the World of Outlaws. So for all that, I'm sincerely appreciative of everything that happened around us and the resilience of our fans. They bought more T-shirts from the guys than they ever have bought a lot of stuff to help support because I knew it was tough times. And uh, for that, I couldn't tell you how grateful I am that uh, we were able to pull this off. It wasn't World Racing Group that did it. It wasn't the World of Outlaws that did it. It was the racing community that did it. And for that, I'm very proud and uh, happy to, you know, dedicate my days and, and into the evening to try to figure out how to make it better. And that's what we're doing uh, with World Racing Group and World Outlaws for 2021. We've got hope. And we've got excitement and we've got joy and we've got our families and we're going forward in 21. And without that, uh, you know, it'd be pretty tough to imagine right now. So with it, don't stand in our way. We're coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Brian, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you after the first of the year. But thanks again. Enjoy your off season. Off season being, of course, in quotations because we don't have those. A couple weeks. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Brian Carter, the CEO of the World Racing Group. Stay with us. More Wing Nation in just a moment. Pride. Passion. Performance. We are. We are. We are Team Driving. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, We have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Hey, Ashley, what are you up to? Oh, I just stopped by to grab some sage fruit apples. Now I just have to decide which ones. You can never go wrong with a Honeycrisp. They're light, crisp, and full of perfectly balanced flavor. Oh, hey. You could always go with one of their classics, the Gala or Fuji. They're both sweet and juicy. Grown in the heart of eastern Washington, Sage Fruit Company works hard on the farm and with their retail partners to provide high-quality apples and pears to consumers all year long. Well, I couldn't decide which ones. Thanks for the help, guys. I'll race you to check out. Welcome back. Always great to catch up with Brian Carter. We appreciate the Zoom call, and I can't wait because uh, he talked about that late model race next mm-hmm. it's next weekend at Cherokee Speedway, the place your mama warned <laughs> I you about. I knew you were going to say. Man, I can't wait to get down there. Oh, my gosh. It is cool. Yeah, they've done this Dry Dean Extreme Series, um, six or eight races during the off season. I know that's a weird world anymore. Um, and they've done that, and uh, I actually hit Cherokee last year for it, too. Oh, man, it was a spectacular I love that track. Oh, place is fantastic. An easy it's, drive, too. It's an easy drive. 
Aaron, when I was there with, um, let's see, it was USCS. Yep. There's a guy that sets up with a barbecue stand. Ah. Pulled pork sandwiches. Oh, sandwiches, sandwiches baby. Yep. Those are, those are and sandwiches. you know what? It's right yeah. by the big peach in the sky. That's right. The big peach butt. Yes, absolutely. The peach <laughs> butt. Absolutely. Gaffney. Yep. Yeah. Known for the peach butt. If I, if I get a little, if I'm there early, because you have to drive by from Charlotte. Yeah. If I get there early enough, I'll drive down and take a picture of the peach butt and send it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. The thanks. Big, yes, Great. Absolutely. That's what I had. It's all about you, Aaron. All of I mean, all I was hoping it. you were going to offer to bring back a sandwich. Oh, well, no, no, that won't make it back. Come on now. Come on. Who are you dealing with here? I that, got a peach that wouldn't make it to the North Carolina state line. Uh, uh, that wouldn't make it to the edge of the parking lot. I mean, so. yeah, and you, you really need to, I know you have tweeted the peach butt before, but yeah. for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this yes. water tank is water very tank inappropriate. In, water tank in Gaffney, South Carolina, <laughs> the peach butt for sure. Hey, Ford's racing roots extend all the way back to 1901 when Henry Ford won his first and only race. And last October when Donnie Schatz, Brought a Ford-powered World of Outlaws sprint car across the finish line. Another win was added to the trophy case. For anyone who loves sprint car racing, that was a banner day. It became clear the Blue Oval was back on the dirt tracks and in a big way. With the new FPS 410 engine built in America for a truly American form of racing, Ford is more committed than ever to providing grassroots racing with the contemporary power it craved. Well, Aaron, here we are. Final weekend, final show, final deal. Final 410 race of the year in North America, Saturday, BAPS Motor Speedway. They always do it up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Logan Short told us earlier this week he's going to be there. You all need to be there. Um, (laughs) That's coming up. It's the Capital Renegade Sprint Car Showdown. Mm. And then I think they've got a small car Enduro afterwards. Oh, so, I love some Enduros. Oh, Enduros. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better. You get a couple cold, frosty ones after uh, the sprint car races, and then you just perfection. hoot and holler and watch Enduros. <laughs> I was at uh, the old racetrack that Ray owned, East Lincoln. I went yeah. to an Enduro last year during the off season. Uh, oh, my God, did I have fun. <laughs> oh, I don't know who I saw. I don't we know what I saw. We need more Enduros in figure yes, eight races figure in eight, Oh, figure eight <laughs> racing, too. Five mile points. My favorite. My buddy, my buddy Rockin' Roger Salai was a multi-time track champion in figure eight oh, racing because he was the eights. craziest son of a gun on the property that's why <laughs> um yeah we need that that's for sure uh yeah pete walton he's still rolling along he's actually i think i think this might be it no uh i know say it isn't well it's uh, you know he could schedule one he on a tuesday a yeah. More, yeah uh uscs at southern speedway in milton florida the battle at the beach world finals friday and saturday night uh, coming up a couple weeks down the road, a friend, the ASCS Southwest region. They're racing uh, November 27th to 28th at Arizona Speedway in Queens Creek, Arizona. I uh, was uh, checking out Terry Maddox, who works for him. Um, looks like 2021 for the ASCS National Tour. Uh, two weeks ago, they were at 50 and counting wow. dates. So that's good. Um, this year, remember, they did that six-night speed week yep. tour? Um, it looks like nine races and ten nights for speed weeks. and. Speed weeks are something unique to sprint car racing, although we're starting to see more and more of it. Well, it's nothing like Hell Tour for the late models, but speed weeks, I think uh, there looks like they're stepping that up with ASCS. Yeah. That's going to be fun to do, fun to go and fun to watch. So you can find out more about them at www.ascsracing.com. That's ascsracing.com. Final show of the year, final broadcast of the year. We've got a lot of people that we want to say thank you to. Um, Our partners, and we could not do it without Sage Fruit, and Hercules Tires, and Drydeen, and, and Ford Performance. Uh, there are core key sponsors that kind of sponsor a little bit of everything that we do. Our sponsors on these digital shows, Classic Ink Screen Printing and Embroidery, mm-hmm. the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, Aggressive Hydraulics, Plan B Sales, Hefner Racing Products, and ASCS. 
Um, these are these are in some cases friends that become partners, in other cases partners who become yeah, friends. Yeah. And uh, just wonderful people. We have so much fun. Uh, you talk about being at the track. I miss interacting with all of these friends yeah. when we're at the track this year. Absolutely. And they all have been so good with us going through this year with all yeah. the changes we had to yeah. make. Yeah, all the changes COVID. we had to make. What Zooming can we do? Zooming shows and yeah. not so, going to the racetrack. And everyone has been great. Yeah, they really have. Motor Racing Network, our president is Chris Schwartz. He loves this guy. This guy he grew up in Indy and used to go to Eldora. So he loves sprint mm-hmm. car racing. He's so supportive of us. Ryan Horn. And then Craiger, he just does it all. Craig is the, uh, the hard worker of the crew here. He does it all and then over the course of this year we've had so many video and content producers that have yes. stepped in and stepped out and moved around because it's been the same here at MRN as everywhere else people are coming people yep. are going and so all of the fine people within the industry the drivers the teams the tracks the sanctioning bodies um we just have had a wonderful year of we've not had a wonderful year of traveling to the racetrack but we had a wonderful year of conversations and content and we appreciate everybody um, with our television programs and the fact that these are streamed digitally. Dirt Vision, Flow Racing, the Cushion Racing Boys, uh, they uh, take our television program that's on Rev and Mav, and they dress it up, and, and even our digital programs here that a lot of you just listen to. Uh, there is video elements to this. You can find it at wingnation.com or on our YouTube channel, and uh, they do a great job with that as well. But really more important, Devin, Aaron, is the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear it. We see the tweets. We get to the racetrack. When we get to the racetrack, uh, we are just blessed that so many people tune into these shows. And we, really uh, we just we really appreciate it. And it's fun. And y- y'all make it fun. Uh, I think Brian talked about empty grandstands are not fun. Um, people not listening to yeah. these shows is not fun. Yeah. You know, so we do appreciate it. We really, truly do. So with that, we're going to just knock this year out and call it. Oof. Yeah. A little bittersweet, but I'm ready for 2021. I think, I think the end of this one is more sweet than better. Yeah, than yeah usual. it really is. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe we just need to get together on New Year's Eve. I don't celebrate New Year's Eve, but I might celebrate uh, New I Year's Eve I think everyone year. is this I year. I think everyone is this year for sure. So uh, Wing Nation apparel and gear is available at www.wingnation.com. Coming up this weekend on our television program on Rev and Mav. Brad Sweet, the big cat. Champion. Champion, that's for sure. So we appreciate it. Have a good off season, Aaron. You too. Oh yeah. I'm sure we'll roll our paths across somewhere. Oh, you bet. We gotta figure out we gotta figure out some some dining options across the board. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. And some cold beverages, maybe. Yes, for sure. Oh, ding ding ding. We have a winner. She's Aaron Evernham. I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation, presented by Drydeen, by DRF Racing Oils, and by Hercules Tires. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.